the weather was kind of getting better, and then it just like rain and cold. But it's feeling nice today, so um, God is good, right? Okay, so uh, we have been going through the Book of Romans the last couple of weeks, and um, we're going to continue doing that today. Thank you, Dan, for reading from Romans 10 for us. Um, just to quickly recap the last two weeks, we're talking about what do we do once we are saved, once we have decided to follow Jesus. Okay, so we've talked a lot about what it means to be a Christian before, like that Jesus has to be the focus, not, um, you know, trying to like be a success. It's not about being like a successful Christian, like I'm doing all the good things, going to church, but really it's about following Jesus, letting him guide you and dictate, you know, where you go in your life and, and what you do. So we've done a lot of that kind of more conceptual um, thinking uh, the last few months, but these this month, I want to make it a bit more practical. What does it look like to then follow Jesus? Okay, we know we need to follow Jesus, but then how do we do it? That's often the more difficult part. Becoming a Christian is a very big part of you know one's life journey, and I hope that whether it's you know people you know, family members, friends, you know you would really reach out and help them if they don't know Jesus, help them make that big step. But for a lot of us, I think the biggest questions we have is, how do I do this? This is kind of really difficult. Right, when life throws you different things, or when faith becomes a challenge. Right, so that's what I've been trying to dig into the last couple of weeks. So first, two weeks ago, um, I preached about being far-sighted. Right, so remembering what the end goal is. When you can keep that in mind, then everything that happens, on you know on the day-to-day basis. It's, you look at it differently. You have a different perspective. You realize that actually, all the stuff you have to deal with now, God can actually take all of that and use it to actually kind of take you closer and closer to the goal of being more like Jesus, of one day being together with Jesus when He returns. But, It's much easier to just lose the focus of what's the end goal and start to just focus what's on around what's around you. And that's why we need to read the word. That's why we need to pray. We need to give thanks to God. We need to, you know, worship Him. Um, you know, come to church. It's kind of like putting on glasses. Michael would know about this. (laughs) Putting on glasses where suddenly things in the distance become clear. You remember, ah, that's my final destination, eternity with God, peace forevermore. And so, things that happen now, it's not that important. Actually, it's actually helping me become a better person, becoming more like Jesus. It changes the way you see what's in front of you. The second thing we talked about last week was choosing a life without sin. Okay, so Romans, end of Romans 5, we read from, beginning of 
Romans 6. You know, the question sometimes is, well, if Jesus is about grace, if it's not about rules, following rules, then does that mean I can just do what I want? And Paul answers, he says, no. No, no, the reason why we have to still obey the law is that because it's, it's about a relationship now. If there is someone you really love, then there are certain ways that you need to act in order to show them love. So the reason why we come to church, the reason why we don't, you know, get drunk and do, you know, whatever, whatever things that are considered, you know, sinful, even the choices we make in life, you know, we want to pray and follow God's will, not just go off on our own. Those kind of things, the way we treat other people, we should start to do that, do those things, not because in order to be a Christian I have to do those things. Jesus already fulfilled that requirement. It's because, because I am a Christian, because I love God, because God has saved me, because He loves me, right? Because of everything I've received, now I want to respond to Him. I want to show Him my love for Him by acting in a way that He asked me to. So like if your partner, your girlfriend, wife, husband, boyfriend, whoever it is, says, this is how I feel loved, then naturally you want to do that. So God has told us how He feels loved, what it means to be in a relationship with Him. And so that's why we should want to keep ourselves pure, for example. Not curse. Not like It's not just about being a goody-goody. It's about showing God that we care about Him, that we want to be in a relationship with Him. So those were the two um, past two weeks that we talked about. This third week, uh, we're going to focus on the first two verses of chapter 10. Okay, so let's turn to the passage, Romans chapter 10. Let's read verses 1 and 2 together. Okay, if you're ready, uh, on three, one, two, three. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. Okay, we're going to come back to this. Um, So today I want to talk about, sometimes we have like flat patches in our faith, in our relationship with God. I'm not really excited to come to church. Everything's become routine, right? You know, it could be, maybe the issue is, I've lost, so, you know, like the first two sermons I took, maybe the issue is like, I've lost sight of what Christianity is all about. I've lost that clarity. Or it could be, you know, maybe I've let sin come into my life and that immediately creates some sort of distance in your heart with God. Right? Maybe there are different reasons like that. But... Um, you know, I want to talk about something that can maybe help that, or maybe it actually, it's another cause of that. 
Okay, so we'll come to that. Have you ever, so if you've ever, if you've ever been in this kind of down period of your faith, have you ever looked at like a street evangelist? So like someone who stands on the corner with a phone, megaphone, going, you know, you're going to hell. You're like, so believe in Jesus or you're going to go to hell. Like, the, you know, those kind of street evangelists. Have you ever looked at them and thought, that is just so pointless. What, that's so ineffective. Poor use of resources. You know, that just really turns me off. I know that I have thought that. And, you know, I think at different times, you know, we'll probably all think that at one stage. But I feel like that may be also a sign of where your heart is at. So for me, I was in a place, in like a down place in my, in my relationship with Jesus. Um, it was actually 2016. So, you know, I've mentioned it before, but um, I was actually still like an intern pastor and doing ministry. But personally, emotionally, spiritually, it was a very kind of down time for me, like my emo, my emo year in Korea. And I remember one time I was leaving a prayer meeting. I think it was on Friday night. And our church is in like the clubbing district in, in Seoul, Hongdae, right, right, right in the middle there. And I'm leaving, walking with my friends. And then we hear this truck driving around the streets. And it's got a big speaker in the back, big sign on the side. And pretty much it says the same thing. Believe in Jesus or you're going to go to hell. And it's just like, and there's just a guy driving, like a deacon or someone is just driving. And then it's just like playing it again and again and again. And I remember thinking at that moment, like, that's just, that's cowardly. You're inside the car. No one can see you. Like, that's cowardly. That's useless. You know, there's so much better ways to evangelize, like judging them immediately. But as I was reflecting, I think that was more of a reflection on my heart towards Jesus, towards God, towards evangelizing, sharing the gospel with other people. So I don't know if you've ever kind of seen those kind of evangelists and thought the same way. When I was in Hong Kong, there was I was in Hong Kong last week, last couple of weeks ago, and one of the speakers, R.T. Kendall, he uh, just gathered with just the pastors and the staff the day after the conference finished, and he gave us some advice. And it's three things, three things that you need to hold on to as a church. The first one was sound doctrine, so having the right understanding of God. The second one was have an evangelistic heart. So always be focused on sharing the gospel with other people. Right? Whether that's as a preacher, always be talking about Jesus, about the love of God, the gospel. Or whether it's as church members, always have some sort of evangelistic edge to your faith. Why? Because that gives you purpose, direction to your faith. 
And it also brings joy, like excitement to your faith. Right, so maybe, if we go back to that first question I asked, maybe part of the reason why we go through these flat, down periods of our life is that we've lost that evangelistic aspect, sharing the gospel aspect. Right, so that's why this week, uh, you know, first week was about being farsighted. Second week, last week, was about like, choosing to live a life without sin. This week, it's about sharing the love, right? As we walk with Jesus, once you kind of understand the basics, then you actually need to start sharing that love with other people in order to continue to have purpose and excitement and joy in your faith. Otherwise, it just gets very flat and stale. And what's the point? You just... I'm I'm done. Like I finished my faith, and I'll just keep like that until I die. You know. So, just to just to demonstrate how your attitude towards evangelists can change depending on where your heart is at, that uh, same place last year. So a year after the after I saw that truck. So that's last year, 2017. I was walking through the same place in order to get lunch during my lunch break. And there was a little grandma. There was a little grandma in the middle of summer, in the heat of the day, standing at the intersection or the T-section in front of the Hongik University main gate. Very busy intersection. And she was like walking around up to people and just like giving them a little gospel track giving me a little, you know, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. For me, this time, you know, I was in a much different place spiritually. Like, I mean, it's a grandma. So no, no, none of us is going to be like, like, <laughs> useless, like, knock, knock, the, knock the tracks out of her hand. Like, no one's going to be like that. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we can think, you should just enjoy your retirement. Like, what are you doing? No one's going to believe in you. But for me, I was so different, my response this time. It was where I was at was also very different. I was getting ready to come back to Melbourne. So I was thinking about everyone here. I was thinking about my friends who don't go to church anymore. Right? Thinking about reconnecting with them. You know, bringing them to church. I'm thinking about, like, you know, God moving and doing something here in Melbourne. And so when I saw her, I was so touched that she would spend in her old age, she's worked all her life, now she has time to rest. What does she choose to do? In the middle of the day, like the hottest part of summer, she's sharing about the love of Jesus with the young generation. So kind of like we read here, Paul says, brothers, so he's talking to his people, Jewish people, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. And that's the same as what the grandma was thinking. My heart's desire is for the young people of my country to know about Jesus. And so for me, when I saw that, I didn't think about, I didn't crit- criticize method or strategy, effectiveness. I saw the heart. So we see 
the first part of what it means to share the love, to have an evangelistic edge to our faith, is you have to understand about the heart. You have to understand God's heart, you know, Paul's heart, what type of heart we should have towards other people you know, who don't know about Jesus. Yeah, I think, you know, you might have heard the phrase, I think about it like this, um, use it or lose it. You've heard that phrase. If you don't use or exercise a skill, then you, you lose it. You forget about it, right? It, it fades away. You know, sharing is caring. You know, these kind of cliche phrases. Who smelt it, dealt it, right? <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Who denied it, supplied it. <laughs> um, no, sharing the love. Sharing the love. If you don't exercise your faith, if you don't share about Jesus, then I really think that you start to plateau. You get into a flat spot. You lose that edge to your initial like zeal and passion. right? And that's why with Paul, after his incredible encounter with Jesus, you know, what held his passion, what held his zeal to give up his entire life for God was his heart's desire for people to be saved. Right? It's not just for some people that they have this. Every Christian should have this same heart, this passion, to see others come into an encounter with Jesus. It's not anything special other than that. That's a really important part of not just walking with Jesus, but that it's an enjoyable, exciting, you know, like... I think about like when you share the gospel, it's scary, right? But at the same time, there's also a excitement. There's some sort of like adventure to that. Like, you know, Steph loves really scary movies for some reason. But it's because it makes her, like it gives her excitement, this adrenaline rush. And that's actually, I think, practically what evangelism does, does as well. It brings this uncertainty, this excitement, to faith, to following Jesus. You're putting your reputation, you're putting yourself on the line for the sake of Jesus' name. And also because you want them, your friends, your family, to come into that same blessing that you are. That was one other, th- that was one other point that the speaker in Hong Kong said to us. Just forget about your reputation. That is one of the keys in order to grow in your love and and understanding and anointing authority with Christ. Just forget about your reputation, what other people think about you. Just focus on what God thinks about you. All right. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. So the first thing we need to really understand is the heart the heart behind wanting to share the gospel. It's not just about doing the act. You have to really understand the heart first. So that's what verse 10, as I read, said. Paul, Paul writes, My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. 
Who, who is they? Other Jewish people. The other Jewish people, his brothers and sisters, right? Who are in the same place that he is, or he was, right? If you read the uh, book of Acts, it tells you about Paul, who used to be called Saul, his story. He was a very intense Jewish believer, and he hated the Christians. They were ruining his Jewish, like the Jewish faith. They were going to ruin everything. They're going to wreck everything. So he started hunting down Christians, killing Christians. He had this passion. He had this incredible passion, but it was against Christians because he wanted to preserve the Jewish faith. But then in Acts chapter 9, he encounters Jesus on the way to Damascus. His life turns around. His experience, it's called like, uh, sorry, <laughs> like scales falling from his eyes. So he was blind, but now he could see. And so for him, when he looks at the other Jewish people, right, who do not believe in Jesus, there's a lot of them, he sees himself in them. I can imagine that. These Jewish people who are so certain of their faith, so strong on what they believe, but as he says in verse 2, so I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, they have a passion for God, but not according to knowledge. They just, they're blind. They don't know. They don't understand the full picture. That's why they're lost. And so for him, his mission in life was for them to be saved and for all to be saved. Everyone who doesn't know about Jesus. I just want to just give you another little example. Uh, When I was in Korea, I was at a prayer meeting, a prayer conference, and an associate pastor, I was talking to an associate pastor from Yoido Full Gospel Church, one of the biggest churches in the world. And I was talking to him like, you know, what is it like being at this huge church? And he said, honestly, like most of my job, it's like being part of a big corporation. A lot of it's about approving expenses, you know, stamping things, approvals, this and that, like emails. Like, oh, that's like, do you do much ministry? And he says, you know, sometimes. And for him, what he does is, on every Monday night, he would go out into the middle of Yoido Park and just start talking to people and sharing the gospel. Not related to the church, not related to a program, evangelism program, but it was just for him. Because he knew that he had to have that evangelistic aspect to his faith. Otherwise... He was just going to lose it. He was going to lose his passion for God, lose his passion for ministry, because a lot of his work at the church was just very organizational, administrative. So I, I really took that into account. And so for me, that's why I started doing the street outreach, the salt and light ministry on Monday afternoons. And, um, you know, there are weeks where I feel good. There are weeks where I feel bad. You know, like, oh, good message on Sunday or like bad message on Sunday. And, and on Monday, sometimes I don't want to go. But I realized that 
I need to have this evangelistic aspect to my faith. Otherwise, it's all just going to be like a job, like work. You know, I'm going to lose that excitement. And I feel really stupid sometimes, like on the street, just like playing the guitar. I'm not even that good at singing and I get the things wrong. But it just, it keeps you fresh. It brings something different to your faith. And I'm not saying we all have to do street outreach. But have some sort of evangelistic focus that you have in your life. Is it a friend? Is it a co-worker? Is it a family member? Or is it a mission, like a country that you're really praying for, giving money towards? Where is your heart at in terms of evangelism? Is that just someone that really is that just something really holy Christians do? No, it's something that all Christians should do. Okay, so that first part was heart. The second part, we'll finish with this, is the word. So we we need to have the heart for sharing faith. The second part, as Paul mentioned, was word, knowledge. Some people, they don't believe in Jesus because they just don't know what he is, who he is, what Christianity is about. I think maybe 20 years ago in Australia, we would say, it's be really hard to find someone who doesn't know about Jesus. But today, if you think about all the, all the immigrants from non-Christian countries, the education system, which is very non-religious, non-Christian, actually, I would say most people unless they're part of a Christian family, they don't really understand the gospel. They've never actually heard the gospel in their life. All right, so let's look at chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. So let's read through that. And I just want to touch on one aspect of evangelism of sharing the gospel that I think is important. Right, so Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. I'll just read through it. You can just follow along. Uh, So this is what, so Paul is talking about uh, the scriptures. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So here he's using it to demonstrate that the Bible says it's not actually about action. If you believe, and you confess, then you are saved. Right? There's this idea that the Old Testament says you have to obey all these laws in order to be accepted by Jesus, in order to be accepted by God, which is true, right? But Paul says that that was only given in order to show that it's not possible to achieve salvation that way right and here in deuteronomy he points to a scripture that actually goes deeper than that 
and shows that what God wants is for people just to really believe in Him, believe in their hearts, confess with their mouths that He is the only way, that we need to trust in Him, right? And you'll be saved. And he says that in order to really go from only thinking about Jewish people to showing that even if you don't understand Jewish culture and custom, right? if you receive the gospel, if you hear about the gospel, then the Bible says, even in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, that, that you know, the word comes into your heart and you believe enough to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Like that's what is the standard, right? That's he's changing what people think about what it means to become a follower of Jesus. Right? We don't need to get circumcised, we don't need to follow all the Jewish laws. You just need to believe in the truth about Jesus. Okay. And so I think I think the the question here that comes up is that today there is a kind of um, people don't really like the idea of you know what you know, some people call like Bible bashing, like direct like evangelism. Like, do you know where you're going when you die? Like, those kind of very direct, like, you know, just saying the gospel to people. Like, there's a, there's a line of, you know, preach the gospel, but use words if necessary. Which says, show the gospel through your life, right? And then, you know, if if necessary... Use words like speak the gospel. Now, I think there's truth to that. There's truth to that. But if you take it the wrong way, people sometimes think that as, as meaning, you know, let's not, let's not turn people off by talking about Jesus. Let's just act as good people, as nice people, and that's enough. But I think a real proper understanding of that quote and what we should aspire to is that our actions can help open up someone's heart to Christians, to the church. Our actions can show them who Christ is, show them what it looks like to be a Christian. And then I think we do have to share through words to help them know exactly who God is, who Jesus is, right? To show them what they're meant to believe in, right? Otherwise, it's still very vague. If you don't know who you're believing in, then how can you truly have faith? I think our words kind of lead people up to the door. Our words can point to the exact door that they need to go through. But then I think it's the Holy Spirit kind of leads them through the door. So what we're doing is we're just showing them through our actions, getting them to open up, become more open to Christianity through our actions. But then with our words, we need to lead them up 
to the exact door where Jesus is kind of waiting behind. And I think that's what Paul is saying in the next verses. So we'll read from verse 11 to 13. So, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can they confess, make that expression of belief in Jesus if they don't know about, if no one's told them about who he is? If they haven't shown him, shown them who he is through our actions? And I think that's why, you know, Paul says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So for us, in order to be able to share, share the love, you know, in order to be able to keep that joy and purpose in our faith and not just cruise along until the end, we need to understand that heart of wanting to see other people saved. And then two, we need to be able to share the word, share the knowledge of God with others. But in order to do that, we need to know the word ourselves. And not just like vaguely like, I believe in Jesus, and if you believe in Jesus, you'll be saved. But you need to know the word, the truth, well enough to be able to share it with someone who is wanting to know. You can't just kind of rely on church or Pastor Daniel. Like, okay, I'll bring them to church and then you save them, Pastor Daniel. I feel like every believer should have at least enough Uh, equipping or at least enough knowledge where because you never know when it's going to come up that moment like your friend is in real like difficult time calls you like like how do you get through this and you say well you know i have my faith you know i have jesus and then she says he says tell me about him what are you going to do well you can come to church on sunday and you can talk to our pastor thank you bye like now, that's the moment. Their heart is open. They're, they're seeking. They're searching. Just because you weren't, didn't give enough time to watch a YouTube video or you know, just read a book, like, are they going to miss out on that? Like, that's the opportunity. Then that was the third point that R.T. Kendall in Hong Kong shared with us. Be prepared in every moment. In season or out of season, when you feel whether you're feeling good about God, whether you're feeling distant from God, be prepared. Or in old English, be instant. Be instant. So, reading the Bible is not just about kind of keeping perspective on where we're heading, but it's also training, practical training. We need to study the Bible, read the Bible, but also podcasts, YouTube, 
books. There's so many, it's so easy. Now it's really easy. Back in the day, it wasn't as easy. But there's so many resources where you can just, if you just did a little bit, a little bit of time once a month or once a week, where you would be much more comfortable and much more ready to share the love when that opportunity comes. So I think that's, that would be the saddest thing, is that you have the heart, but you don't know the word well enough to take it, to kind of grab that opportunity that God gives you to share the love with your friend or your family or your co-worker. And I think that's just generally, for me, for me, that's what I want to see our community is. not We're not just Christians who just think that it's the pastor's job or the church's job to evangelize or to share the gospel. But church is as much about us getting trained, getting prepared to be able to go out and do that and to have an evangelistic edge to our faith. Every one of us. Right. I think that's part of what it means to mature, to really grow up, become a mature Christian, walking with Jesus, not just as a little baby believer, but walking alongside of him as his friend, you know, as a brother. Right. It says we are co-heirs with Christ. We're not his little minions, but you know, when we come before him in the end, we're co-heirs with him. We're like brothers and sisters with Jesus. And I think this is a really important part of us really stepping up, going deeper in our faith. All right, so let me just pray and I'll close the message. Uh, Father, we just thank you, God, for your word in Romans, which is leading us this month. We thank you for Paul, who... Um, you know, was so passionate for the Jewish faith, but he was blind. He didn't know. He didn't really know you, God. He didn't really understand you. And we thank you, God, that you know, in the, in his letter to the Romans, we see God how um, you kind of opened his eyes. You showed him who you really are, and you know, he devoted his life. He gave his life so that others who also need you may find you god and father i just pray that you know the the heart that paul has for his brothers and sisters for people who were once like you know like he was i pray that you would give us that same heart for people who we know who are in the same place that we used to be god give us that same heart for them that they may come into a knowledge of god whether it's through our actions and through our words, may you help us just lead them up to that door so that you can reach out and invite them in to your family, God. And so if I, I, I just pray for um, you know, just everyone here who you know, is just really in that flat spot, just in that place where you know, they've lost that, that joy, that excitement, that passion, you know, for their faith, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would just give them opportunities, Lord, that you would just change their, shift their heart around, you know, equip them, God, 
to really have that evangelistic edge, like Paul, uh, to their faith, God. And so they just, you know, they may just in turn get to know you better and grow and mature in their faith. So, Father, we just thank you and we just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us finish with a couple of announcements. Uh, got the bulletin here. Okay. Uh, so I mentioned in the message um, the street ministry that I participated in on Monday nights, Salt and Light Ministry. But you'll see on the bulletin, uh, they're kind of taking a change in direction. So it's going to be shifting to Saturday afternoon. So that might mean you know, some more people might be available to join. If you'd like to get more information about that, please just email me or message me, and I'll help you out with that. Um, but it's more of like a busking.